Welcome to Call the Binge Wife. Have you experienced an episode of your life where you find it hard to decide? We all go through seasons where it just seems we cannot find what we're looking for, eventually spiralling out of control while doom scrolling a menu with far too many options. That's when you need Call the Binge Wife. Ruth and Roger have emptied their bladders, grabbed their favourite snacks and spent countless hours watching TV to help you figure out what to skip and what to binge. So sit back, relax and call the binge wife. Now, here are your hosts, Ruth and Roger. Thanks, Andrew. Welcome to Call the Binge Wife. My name is Roger and this podcast is where my partner Ruth and I share our reviews of TV shows we have binge watched together. Ruth, what are we reviewing on this episode? We are reviewing the new Netflix political thriller, The Diplomat. All right. So, Ruth, tell us, what is this show all about? The Diplomat is a series primarily about Hal and Kate Weiler, an American husband and wife diplomatic duo. We start off with an explosion of an aircraft carrier in the Persian Gulf amidst diplomatic tensions between the U.S. and Iran. Kate is headed to Afghanistan to be the United States ambassador, but she's called in for an emergency briefing in the White House to give an update on the attack on the aircraft carrier, or so she thinks. (laughs) We find out that the aircraft carrier was British, and she's actually being assigned to be the U.S. ambassador to the United Kingdom at the president's request. She grudgingly accepts, I mean, how could... It's the president, right? Right. And she and Hal are on a plane for London that day. So what follows is an adventure of Kate trying to figure out her new job and political landscape, as well as trying to stay one step ahead of her husband, which proves difficult to do. And is she being groomed for something more? Question mark. Hal has served as an ambassador before and knows what he's doing, but he's trying to be the wife for Kate this time, qu- wife, quote unquote, or so it appears. Meanwhile, he's doing all sorts of things to get himself in the middle of things without telling Kate. Does he have other political aspirations of his own? What is his end game? Their marriage is not faring well in light of all the secrecy and messiness of him, quote unquote, helping. Kate is also trying to figure out who actually bombed the aircraft carrier instead of the Iranians, as it was made to look like they did it initially, and before the Americans start bombing them or anyone else. (laughs) Who is actually behind it all? Who is it usually? Hmm. No spoilers here. You'll have to watch it and see. So, Roger, give us some of the diplomats' details. Yeah, the show is called The Diplomat. It's in its first season. It originally dropped April 2023. It's rated TVMA. There's definitely some language. I can't remember uh, if there's any nudity, but there is sexual tension for sure. There's some nudity. I thought you were going to say swearing. I was going to say they say bollocks a lot. <laughs> yeah, because <it>, <laughs> she becomes the ambassador of Britain. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Where to watch is Netflix. The amount of episodes is nine. It is considered in the drama thriller genre. A friend of mine described it as being the love child of uh, The West Wing and House of Cards. So take that for what it's worth. (laughs) 
production staff a note. I wanted to make sure people knew that Deborah Khan is an EP creator and writer for the show. And the significance there is that she was on the West Wing writing staff for several, several years. And so this actually came out of her experience. So there are some similarities definitely in the dialogue and stuff. Cast a note is Carrie Russell, who plays Kate. Rufus Sewall, who plays Hal. David Giasi plays the British Foreign Minister. Ato Essendo plays uh, Kate's Chief of Staff. And Ali On plays the CIA agent in the office. Rotten Tomato score, the critics gave it 88 and viewers gave it 82%, which is pretty high. That's for pretty a close. Yeah, yeah. close together, sure. Um, no awards as of to date. So Ruth, why did we watch this show together? Well, first I'll start with West Wing. <laughs> I am a West Wing convert now. So for me, I like Carrie Russell. And then I was happy to also see Rufus Sewell. He was in it as well, though it's hard not to picture both of them and their previous roles for me are the ones that I've watched. They're both bad guys. Carrie as a Russian spy in the Americans and Rufus as a Nazi officer. I'm forgetting. The man in the high tower. Yes. Yeah, I forgot that Carrie Russell was in Russian. So that was a good catch. I can't think of like some of her like pulling her tooth out or something oh, like horrible yeah um so, and i'm also a west wing convert now and the series looked like another good political th- thriller a bit different than what we've watched recently not that west wing was a political thriller right would you say political drama but because of the writing and stuff and how much you like the west wing and i ended up liking it too so I saw the showrunner was an alumna from the West Wing staff. And so I wanted to see how they translated that experience to another political drama thriller. Um, huge West Wing fan. I think I've watched all seven episodes at least eight or nine times. Used to be seven an annual. seasons. Yeah, no, seven yeah. seasons. <laughs> Used to I be an like, annual tradition. Well, I first met you, I was like, whoa, okay. And <laughs> yeah. then I get it. It's Well, and then there's Martin Sheen. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of right. reasons to like there's it. There's a lot of reasons. Some yeah. people don't like it, but but um, we'll talk about that in a little bit, I think. Okay, but, yes. So yeah, I I wanted to see what the comparison was between the two shows. Now, this is the part of the podcast where Roger and I share three positives and one negative about each show we have binged. So Roger, let's start with you. What is your first positive? Yeah, unlike the West Wing, which I thought this was a very positive thing, they never mentioned the political parties, at least on the American side. They definitely go into depth with the British and the Tories and the Labour Party and all that kind of stuff, which is helpful, especially yeah. to American audiences, which you might not know or understand the, the British political system. So th- I thought that that was a really smart way to go about it. They don't name the parties. That It's not necessarily, a, especially in these times when things are so polarized mm-hmm. but it might be easy for people to go i don't watch that show democrats or i don't want to watch that show it's republicans so they that stay away so true yeah. yeah they stay away from that and i thought that, that was a really positive thing about the show so that it wouldn't keep people from engaging with it like i think a lot of people didn't engage with the west wing because of that that reason and so you know i think mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. a good call on their part to, to kind of leave that out at least for now the first season we never know what political party the president's from or or kate's political leanings it's it's just very neutral ambivalent and i think that that bodes well for the show that is so true right i was 
I was thinking through and thinking about, you know, it's good that it takes place in the UK for me and, and their political system. But yes, of course, I mean, the US is involved. And I think that's really refreshing. And it's interesting to that, you know, I wonder if they'll reveal it in the second season or if at all. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't need to be. I think it, Mm-mm. you know, it's the U.S. is you know as an ambassador that's just the main role. It's not the president; it's the ambassador. So those folks kind of need to be apolitical at some level. I mean, they need to do the bidding of the president, but at the same time, yeah. they're representative for the whole United States, not the political parties involved that we have. That's good. So I'll go with my first like being that all the political dialogue and action happening at the same time with lots of characters and and that it's based in the UK mostly, as I mentioned. So that makes it, it's not boring and it keeps me guessing at what's next. Like we hear too much, or I feel like we hear too much of politics in the US these days. And like you said, it's so polarized. So it's nice to have something that's a little bit different, but still involves the US. How about you, Roger? What's your second positive? Yeah, for me, like anything that's like CIA, politics, government-related type shows, I I really want my political thrillers to at least be like ninety percent plausible, right? I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't, this isn't James Bond, right? It's it's supposed <laughs> to be kind of real, and so you know, or is it? No, yeah, yeah it is though, isn't 90%. it? Ninety <laughs> percent. <laughs> and so I love James Bond. Please don't email me and say, you know, why you hate. Oh, that's Bond, right. You do. I Although I we do. haven't finished watching all of them right. yet in order. We're <laughs> that's on. <right. laughs> um, that's our movie binge for December. Um, but yeah, I, I very much enjoy um, the fact that this is pretty 90% plausible and it, it could happen. Um, mm-hmm. There. There's this ten percent. I'll talk about that towards the end. But but yeah, I felt overall that it was it was pretty plausible storyline and that it was relatable to current events. And I like that in yeah. political dramas. I don't like when they're trying to be real, but it's people are jumping out of buildings and landing on awnings and you know all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I I want it to be somewhat somewhat plausible. And this well, show this show thing. is 90 percent of this. This show is. Arthur ankle. No, yeah, you're right. Like sometimes I wanted to say, so this this could happen. Or yeah, mm-hmm. like, hmm, the players here are interesting. Yep. So what's your second one positive, Ruth? So my second is that I love the richness of the characters around Kate and Hal. I love their characters as well, but the chief of staff, Billy, Deputy Chief of Mission Stuart Hayford, the CIA station chief Idra. And the Foreign Secretary, Austin Dennison, to name a few. And then all the romantic tension and relationships that show up with some of the characters around them. Some of them are surprised and some of them are like, ooh, is that happening? And I like all of those, just the drama, the romance, <laughs> the romantic tension, right? They're like, what's going to happen? Or is anything going to happen? Yeah, and I think this is where it very much compares to West Wing. Like, if I was going to say, you know, where does it hit? Yeah. Definitely the dialogue is strong, and it's very well put together and and thought out, uh, which I thought the West Wing was um, very good at. And so they don't do very many 
the West Wing called walk and talks, where they're just walking through the hallways and chatting and not missing a beat. And it's one take. They don't they don't do any of That's that really, but they definitely the dialogue true. is is super strong. Um is in, you very going down the stairs like with Deputy Chief of Mission Stewart and Kate do yeah. some. But yeah, not, but not yeah. not like the West Wing. I mean, the West yeah. Wing would have like you know five ten minutes of dialogue all walking through the hallways, which you probably would have to do if you worked in the West I Wing. I was just gonna say yeah. maybe at the um, places there's not a long hallways to walk and talk. Yeah, <laughs> and I also think there's a difference between being in the secure White House than there is being in a U.S. embassy overseas. You probably wouldn't want to talk in the hallways. Um, it's not true. quite as secure. So, nonetheless, I think that you know the dialogue's great. However, however, they're delivering it, I think it's it's done really well. Yes, definitely. How about you? What is your third positive? Yeah, Carrie Russell. Um, she just does a great job of keeping the tension high, both in the mm-hmm. political and romantic realms. Uh, her and her husband have a, a non-conventional relationship or marriage. And so that brings yes. up some possibilities, I'll say, for each of them, actually. And so it's, well, it's, and it's like, yeah, yeah. So like, that's why it, it's messy and it's interesting and it's kind of heart wrenching sometimes. Yeah. And I, and I think you're. Um, hearkening Carrie Russell's performance in the Americans is a great example of, you know, she did such an amazing job with that show. We were pretty hooked on that. And yeah. And I think that she brings that same kind of tone and pace uh, that helps keep the tension high, whether again, it's she's, you know, in the foreign secretary's office or she's in her mansion of, a, of an embassy home that, that that's really well done she she does a great job of carrying the show so to speak that mm-hmm. she's she's a believable leader although it takes everybody a little bit of time to get adjusted to her being the leader she she yes. does a really good job of leading the cast as an actress she, she does a good job uh being the lead role and being the focal point of the show she, she just she carries herself just awesome she does Yes, actually, I I did. I was just thinking Carrie Russell is a great actress. She looks disheveled at first. like, <laughs> And then I like how, you know, she'd rather be in Afghanistan. That's where she was headed. And she's very sim- simple, not, you know, in terms of embellishment. And, you know, I love the tension of how she feels like all the pomp and circumstance is a waste mm-hmm. of time in England and how much the English staff are so troubled by it. Like, or the um what what is her chief of staff Stewart? He's funny. Like, don't you want to wear something different? Else? Yeah, different. <laughs> she's like, why? Or she's like, okay, I'll change my shirt. And then I love the clothes and dresses they end up getting her to wear as well. And so you got to have a little bit of glamour in there. And she, of course, cleans up really well. She's just beautiful. And then they just like she just puts a dress on, and suddenly she's transformed right but then she's like okay i'll play the part because there's kind of a need for that um and there's reasons so i like that um tension between those two things right what and her trying to adjust okay i'm in the uk okay i don't want to do all this but i have to yeah that was her main like rejection point of not wanting to take the job was that she's she's a doer like she yeah she's like I could be, doer right and fixer I, and, and yeah. making sure everything worked well on, on the street and so 
transitioning that role to being this person that has to go to balls and, and yeah. you know, show up at, you know, events yeah. that are kind of ceremonial instead of, you know, actually getting stuff done. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I could be on the street helping women in Afghanistan. We've already, mm-hmm. you know, there's so much more that needs to be done. So I get that too, that, and I could, I could sense that or imagine feeling that myself, but I would also love being able to get dressed up, I suppose, <laughs> you know, or when you're in it. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be good at both those aspects, I think. <laughs> That's very sweet. Okay. How about your negative? Yeah, it goes back to that 90% plausible thing. There is 10%. <laughs> I'm not sure if I can say the show jumps the shark with its cliffhanger in episode nine. Um, Wait, wasn't I, there only eight episodes? Sorry, no, I don't know. No, there were nine. When we find out who actually, or who they believe has bombed the aircraft carrier, it's it's a little implausible. It'll be interesting next season to see how they kind of dig themselves out of that if you're not familiar with the term jump the shark it's when fonzie on happy days back in the 70s jumped a shark in a lake and that's kind of what <laughs> signifies the end of that show like when it I became didn't like, know the, yeah the lake right that yeah, was in a lake there's no sharks just, in lakes oh my <laughs> gosh so it's, it's a term frequently used when when people or shows kind of go overboard <laughs> yeah better way of saying full it, disclosure but... you had to explain that to me i'm like what i don't know yeah. if i saw that last oh, there episode there was and a whole it wasn't it the last the episode it was like it was it like wasn't? It, it was like this third to last season or something they had two more seasons after that but after that it was like what? everything was just kind of weird goofy mm-hmm. yeah so when he jumped the, the the shark on skis on water skis that was kind of the, the end of the show that's when it stopped becoming i think mork from Morgan Mini showed up, you know, as an alien the next season. And, you know, I mean, he, just, wow, I yeah, missed out yeah, on that. Yeah. Wow. Morgan okay, Mindy so was a spinoff of, of Happy Days. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It was. That's how yeah. it all went down. This yeah. is. Hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so I, I'm hoping the show doesn't shut the shark. I'm hoping there's some explanation that makes it so that's not so, that 10% is not so um, implausible. Um, but we'll we'll just have to see. Yeah. What about you? What's your negative? Well, I have to say that it's the same. I'm not sure I like <laughs> who sounds like who might be behind it all. I'm like, it could be too much. That was the only negative I thought. I mean, I was, I'm with you. I was following along. I'm like, this could be plausible, right? This could happen. And okay, that makes sense. And then it's like, huh. A hard uh, right, a hard right <laughs> turn. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's like, oh, well, maybe. Uh, maybe they'll make something out of it and it's i i don't know yeah we'll have to see next season and you'll have to the listeners will have to to watch and decide on themselves if they think it's going where it's going but it was definitely a hard right turn that just didn't seem to make i mean it makes sense in the storyline but it doesn't it makes sense sense in reality it does that's what i'm saying it's not i don't think it's really plausible that this person could be responsible for an attack on an aircraft carrier, but but knows? do you think they could, or there could be another another layer? Yeah, but that, that's Perhaps. what I mean. Yeah, that's what I mean by I'm hoping that they kind of explain it away a little bit. We'll we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to see. Okay, Ruth. So, what is your recommendation for the diplomat? Skip it or binge it? So I say binge it. It's action, romance, and drama. Even if you're not sure about political shows, I say give it a whirl. 
Yeah, I became a fan of more political shows. Who knew? I mean, I like, oh, you know, Air Force One or all those movies and things like that. But um, yeah, I say I say give it a whirl. How about you, Roger? Um, skip it or binge it? Yeah, I think fans of political drama should binge it for sure. Most definitely. Uh, I think it's it's very well done. Um, the story's new and different being someone from a an embassy, you know, being an ambassador. It's not the typical, it's not a CIA agent. It's not the president. It's it's an American ambassador overseas. So I think for that, yeah. it's definitely got s- some room um, to grow as a show. If, if this isn't your cup of tea, then I would skip it. No pun intended since she's the British ambassador, but you know, <laughs> I, I would skip good. it. It doesn't have as much action necessarily is like a Jack Ryan. So if you're going into it, wanting a lot of that, you're not going to find a lot of it, but there's a lot of intrigue. There's a lot of political juxtaposition. It's, it's not like out as much out there as like house cards where everybody's killing each other, you know, but it's, but it's definitely solid political thriller. And it, and if you can um, get to the ninth episode and you can say, Oh, I want to see what happens. I want to see how they explain this away. Then you'll do fine. I agree. So there you have it, our review for Netflix, The Diplomat. This is our fifth season of Call the Binge Wife. What other shows are we reviewing this season, Ruth? Wow, yes, our fifth season. We are reviewing The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, season five. Midge. The Midge, yep. The Bridgerton spinoff, prequel, Queen Charlotte. Firefly Lane, season two. And what? could be the final season of Ted Lasso season three. Don't say it's it's not so. Say it's not so. (laughs) Yeah, all these episodes of Call the Binge Wife are currently available to binge on whatever podcast streamer you are using. Ruth, how can people connect with us? They can email us at callthebingewife at gmail.com. Join our Facebook group, Call the Binge Wife. Or connect with us on Instagram at call underscore the underscore binge wife. We are excited you joined us for this episode. And remember, when you don't know what to watch next, call the binge call wife. Call the binge wife. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't it, work. Did it? I no, thought we said it better. No. no. Oh, we keep trying. Oi. 